You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Gita Gopinath, of course, of the IMF, who yesterday also really opened the forum here in Sintram with a very powerful speech linking fiscal policy and monetary policy and really reminding everyone that they had to work in tandem. So, Gita, thank you so much for joining us. When you look at the fight against inflation, there's now a lot of talk about recession, you know, the fact that core inflation is still high, but headline inflation is coming down. What does a policy mistake from central banks now look like? First of all, it's a pleasure to join you, Francine. What, what we're experiencing is that inflation is taking a long time to get back to its target. And yes, headline is coming down significantly, but core inflation, while it has eased, is still persistently high. So in this environment, our advice is that central banks will need to stay the course. In the case of the ECB, that will mean that some more continued tightening, and then to stay on hold to make sure that you're confident that inflation is coming back durably down. And that, that could come along with more weakness in labor markets that we've seen so far and more weakness in the economy uh, in general. But that's what is needed to bring inflation down. Do, do you worry about the markets? And I know you don't look at the markets day in, day out, but there seems to be a bias in the markets that actually inflation is coming down and that central banks will be you know, ready to not hike as much as maybe you know, they will. So is there a danger that the market is mispricing something that will then create an event? When the markets have been off since the start of this year. I mean, if you look at their expectations of the policy rate part in some countries, especially the US, they were expecting three rate cuts this year for US Fed policy. And they have adjusted. They've come back now to recognizing that no, we are there here for longer than was expected. So I think markets have been very optimistic, and I suspect they're still somewhat optimistic about uh, the path for interest rates. What, what do they most misunderstand? Is it the fact that interest rates have to remain higher for longer, which Christine Lagarde actually laid out beautifully in her speech, or that they have to rise higher than expected? I think it's the how long they're going to stay at that. I think that's the part where there is a disconnect between the markets and what central banks are signaling. And so far, it's the markets that have had to correct to central bank parts as opposed to other way around. So I still think that they're off a bit on the duration for which they'll have to keep rates high. What's the path forward for growth? Should we worry about once we get inflation in control? We are seeing growth weakening. We are seeing slowing activity at this point. We need to bring inflation down to have sustainable growth, which is why it's super important to do this. This time around, since it's not just a demand phenomenon, we've had supply disruptions correct themselves. We've had energy prices come down. I think both those factors are helping bring inflation down without needing too much of a uh, hit to the economy. But 
I think we have to wait and see. We're only just seeing the effects of monetary policy work through the system now, and we could see much more slowing. But is that why, I mean, why is core inflation so stubbornly high? No one can quite figure it out, which is why it keeps on surprising us to the upside. It's a big part of the conversation we're having at Sintra, which is, is it the fact that monetary policy transmission is now weaker than it used to be, or is it the fact that you haven't raised interest rates by enough? I think this is, these are questions that are coming up. We have a situation where it has been the case that household balance sheets, corporate balance sheets have been strong, which has helped hold up resilience. Labor markets are tight. People believe that they will have a job and they can keep a job. Wages are going up. And services spending tends to be much less interest sensitive than when it comes to durable goods, which consumers piled up on already during the peak of the pandemic. So I think all these factors are, could be muting the effect of monetary policy transmission. But now, as those effects decline, we could start seeing more of a slowing in activity. I mean, to, to put it simply, a nightmare scenario would be some kind of spiral. So you have wages going up, prices go up, and then you lose control. Are we there yet? I don't think so. I don't, we are not seeing that in, uh, like in the US or in the euro area. We certainly are seeing wage catch up. And that has happened. That's happened in previous cycles, too. We should expect to see that. But we're not seeing wages pushing up prices. The concern, of course, is that if it takes so long to bring inflation down, then you might unhinge inflation expectations and then trigger a wage price spiral. This is why President Lagarde spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the persistence of inflation and the reason to stay high for long. So is that why interest rates, you think, have to stay higher for longer? Is it, is it really, I mean, it's to get inflation 2%, but really it's to try to break through that spiral that, that could be impossible, actually, almost to get out. If you look at projections for when inflation gets back to target, in the euro area, that's the middle of 2025. That's two years from now. That is a long time. And that's why it is critical that you can't have any further risks to de-anchoring of inflation, because it's, two years is a long time to bring inflation back down to target. To make sure it happens, you have to stay the course and keep interest rates high until you see durable signs that core inflation is coming down. Then, of course, you have to be data dependent. I mean, all the world's central bankers are here. It was quite exciting for me to see Jay Powell also walk in in his sneakers. I don't often see him actually in sneakers or face to face. Is a gravitational pull of what the Fed does too heavy to hand for the ECB, but also the Bank of England, the Bank of Japan? The, what the Fed does matters for the whole world, including for other major central banks. But I think this is a time when central bankers are coming together also to understand inflation dynamics better. There are still several questions. There's a lot of uncertainty on the outlook. And Sintra is a good learning experience for all central bankers. How hard is it for monetary policy to counter fiscal policy? And again, because we're seeing inflation rise, that means the cost of living goes up. So it's understandable that politicians want to be there for their citizens. I think it's perfectly good for governments to want to be there for their vulnerable citizens and to provide targeted support. What is not really good at this point would be to have broad-based support that generates very large fiscal deficits, especially increases in fiscal deficits, then then feeds into inflation. That is a problem. I mean, all the indicators, the fact that we have high inflation now, the fact that debt is high, and we need to build buffers because there are going to be future shocks, all of that point towards fiscal tightening. And that's what we're recommending. When you look at central, the big central bankers around the world, and of course, you know, in dealing with inflation and growth, who do you think has the toughest job? Bank of England? I think at this point, among the major ones, if I put the US, the Euro area, and the Bank of England, I think 
in the UK, the inflation problem looks more difficult than in the other parts because they have a sub sub supply shock problem that came from the energy prices, and they also have the demand side, which is very tight labor markets. And if you look at wages, in fact, uh, in England, this is where you see the most amount of uh, wage pressures coming in. So how do they get out of I mean, Again, there's also huge reliability on mortgages. So it's not as easy as you just keep on hiking because the housing market is so sensitive to that. Well, I think firstly, the fact that the Bank of England raised uh, rates by 50 basis points recently in their most recent meeting, I think that's a welcome step. That's a clear signal that they are in the fight to bring inflation down. One of the reasons they've been somewhat cautious is exactly what can happen to mortgages and the housing market. But you know, there's been an increase in the duration of fixed rate mortgages in the UK. So, so you have some attenuation of that effect. And household balance sheets are much stronger than they were in the past. So that should also help. Um, Tom Keane was also talking about, of course, your outlook and, and what we saw uh, just a couple of, of weeks ago by the IMF. Are you more optimistic now about the world economy in 2024 than you were six months ago? We had a projection for the world economy to grow at around 2.8% this year, which was you know, coming down from 3.4% last year, and then going up to around 3%. Our new numbers will be out in July. We don't have it ready at this point. We're getting different data from different countries at this point. But I think the overall story of an economy that's slower this year than it was last year will remain. So how much of the conversation here is, is also trying to understand some of these, these forecasts going forward and how central banks actually can do a better job in understanding the impact that monetary policy has on future inflation? I think everybody's trying to understand how economic activity is being impacted by the rate increases that have happened so far because they've been sizable. The expectation was that we would have seen more slowing down already than we've seen so far. So the surprise is on the resilience of economic activity. Now, of course, we don't want to extrapolate and just assume that this resilience is going to continue. So it's a difficult job for central bankers at this point. They have to you know, watch the data very carefully. Uh, but at the same time, they have to show real commitment to bringing inflation down. Gita, thank you so much for joining us. Gita Gopinath there, of course, of the IMF. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.